This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the How Do You Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do You Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode features Dr. Matt Delgado, founder of Life Spring Chiropractic. Dr. Matt was one of the first friends I made here in Austin, Texas. He literally went out of his way to contact me because he believed that he could help reduce some of the pain and inflammation I was describing on my social channels. Little did I know that he would be correct, and today it has been amazing to watch him grow a solo business into a full-fledged team that has had a massive impact on the local Austin community. Dr. Matt is passionate about finding ways to educate others on their health in an easy-to-understand way, and he is a full-time believer that there is hope for all of us to live healthier and happier lives if we treat our health as a never-ending journey rather than a destination. In this convo, we chat about how Dr. Matt has had to overcome his own adversities, both with his health and his business, to get to a point where he is now confident in who he is as a person and leader for those around him. So without further ado, let's give it up for Dr. Matt Delgado. What is up, fam? CJ Finley here, back with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. It's Thrive Thursday, and I'm super excited because I'm sitting here with one of my first friends that I ever had here in lovely Austin, Texas, and somebody that's super inspirational to me and anybody else out there that's looking to pivot their life, start a new business, help the community. Today, I welcome Dr. Matt Delgado. How are you doing today, Matt? Doing great. It's a sunny day. I'm happy when it's sunny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's half the reason everyone in Austin moves Austin, right? Over 300 days of sun a year. That's why I'm here. One of the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Seattle. So it's completely almost the opposite. But I've noticed since moving from the East Coast to here that because it is so sunny here, when it gets cloudy, I like feel like I'm in this funk. And I'm like, holy shit, this was me six months out of the year 20 years ago. Dude, I am with you. I am so with you. Not anymore. <laughs> Nothing's living here. For anybody that doesn't know, Dr. Matt is the founder of LifeSpring Chiropractic. Super busy guy, and I only have him here for about another 45 minutes, so I want to be as productive as possible. The first question I have for you today is, what is the most difficult thing about chiropractic? 
wearing two hats at once. I was hoping you were going to go down this. Yeah. What do you describe? What do you mean by like two hats? Yep. Being a chiropractor and being a business owner. And I think most chiropractors, myself included, had dreams of becoming a clinic owner someday. And I think it's just the rite of passage. It tends to be the most common path. For me, it came sooner than I thought it would. And you know my story, but the backstory was working for another chiropractor. I assumed it would be two to three years, learn the skills that I needed and save a little bit of money to start my own. That was expedited. And a few months in, I ended up leaving that job, starting my own And I did not have the skills whatsoever to be running a business, but I learned through the school of hard knocks and you were one of the first friends I met. And I remember meeting at Whole Foods and you and a lot of similar people is who I actually learned a lot of my, I'd say, essential business skills and a good foundation for business through. Let's go down that rabbit hole. When you think of essential business skills, what do you think of now that nobody taught you back then. Because if you were to go to business school, even if you weren't a chiropractor, like say you went to to business school, they would teach you certain skills that you learned going to the school of hard knocks, quote unquote, business students aren't learning either. And you almost have an advantage because you had a specific skill set in chiropractic. You had to learn the business side, which in my eyes, I feel anybody that's a go-getter and intelligent and can read and connect with people is going to master. And I feel like anybody listening to this can master that side as well. Now I can't go and be a chiropractor, but I can learn the business side of things. So I'd love to learn from somebody like yourself and in your shoes in the healthcare space, what were those principles that you kind of picked up over the years that somebody right now could utilize coming right out of chiropractic school or any other healthcare profession? Yeah, so great question. The first thing that I chose to focus on was more of the, I guess, learning to market myself in the current day and age. Chiropractic tends to be, not all, but tends to be very old in its messaging and in the way that we portray ourselves. And Give in us the, an example. Yeah, so the way that many chiropractors get exposure to people in hopes of bringing in more clients is something we call a screening. I don't know if people outside of the profession are familiar with that, but I'll give you a specific example in chiropractic school. We rented out this like kiosk in a mall and literally we're almost like the people that sell you the hand lotion cream when you walk by. I was one of those trying to sell (laughs) people chiropractic when they walk by and what a bad image for the profession. And my thought at the time was, if you do this to enough people, someone is going to say yes. So just sheer hard work. And that paid off. That got me through in school. I remember I used a breakup actually at the time to fuel the massive productivity that I had in school. I think I saw a year and a half worth of patients that I needed to see in three months, but it was just hard work and grit, I think, that pushed me through, but it wasn't any skills. Like I didn't know how to market myself. I didn't have anyone teaching me ways to leverage something like social media, maybe that instead of going one at a time, you can go hundreds or thousands at a time. And then even through that, learning to refine it more for 
sharing more personal things that slowly, that was something I struggled with in the beginning. I didn't want to share personal aspects of my life. It's funny. I made an Instagram story on my way over here of you and how I'm dressed and you were around me in the very beginning. Yeah, bro. I wear a white t-shirt today that says Texas Longhorns. It's real fancy. Do you remember when I called you out on wearing that suit to the day that the people were doing construction? <laughs> Do you remember yes, that? it was so uncomfortable and I hated <laughs> you in the moment for doing that. But fucking A, I'm glad that you said something because it was uh, like a stick up my ass, as I'm sure is what other people perceive that as. But that's just, again, that's what I was taught to do. And that's what the requirements were in school. Wear a suit, essentially, without a suit jacket, right? I had a button-up shirt and I had slacks on and dress shoes. And I was showing up to health talks like this. I was showing up to community events like this. I was wearing this in my office with people and there's nothing wrong with that to anyone listening to this or watching this. But as you've gone to know me, CJ, you probably know better than anyone. That's not me. Yeah. I think it's one of the things that connected us the most in the beginning because at that point I had just recently moved to Austin and I'm trying to find my footing and what it is that I do and what value do I provide. And then same thing goes with you. And I saw a little bit of myself because my last corporate job working for a wealth management company, I was wearing a suit every day. And I was just like, this is not who I am, but this is like who I'm supposed to be, quote unquote, based on society's guidelines. And that's where it's nobody's fault because if you think about it, like I, I just look at the past, the whole corporate infrastructure did bring a lot of people out of poverty and out of situations that they were in that gave them opportunities that they wouldn't have had previously. So if I look back at my parents' generation, like we are doing much better, my brother and I, than previous generations. And like that's the whole goal of life. But a lot of what they grew up in was corporate politics where you go to this job and you look professional versus you have YouTube influencers making millions of dollars and they don't even wear a shirt any day, right? So we live in completely two different worlds. And unfortunately, like you and I, I think we're the last generation that grew up in kind of this vortex of when we were kids, we didn't have phones and iPads and we couldn't see what was out there. So we just had to align with what was the status quo, the 90s into early 2000s. And then as we got older, all these tools started becoming abundant, but we're kind of stuck in this world of like, well, our parents told us to live this one way, but like the reality is this other way, what do we do? And going back to the story of you in the suit, for anybody listening, Matt crushed these health talks. Like he brought a ton of information. You would buy lunch for the people. And we were out at Habitat for Humanity one day. Everybody out there is like sweating and has hard hat on and like is dirty. And then you have Dr. Matt in the suit. And I'm sitting there like analyzing the thing because I'm helping him as a friend, like figuring out like how can he be better at this. And the first thing I noticed is like, dude, you don't relate to any of these people here and like I just look at people like none of them give a fuck about chiropractic and I remember saying that exactly nobody gives a fuck about chiropractic but they will care about Matt as an individual and how can you connect with them and that's to anybody else out there and I want to applaud you because like clearly today like you're showing up more like who it is you actually truly are and that will attract like we are who we attract and for me like now I'm in shorts every day and a, a t-shirt and a full sleeve tattoo which I always wanted and it's gotten me to the point where now I get to do podcasts and YouTube videos and events and stuff as the real me. So I want to ask you, when was the transition of that? 
Yeah. And it's funny because I think I was thinking about this on my drive over and I feel good now I've settled in, but I was nervous coming in today. And I mean, you know, I've been in, I've spoken big rooms in front of hundreds of people, thousands of people sometimes. And I don't typically get super nervous and I'm driving over to a close friend's place to have a conversation and I felt nervous, but I think the reason I felt nervous was because of, to answer your question, the chapters we go through in life, they're so different. And there's a lot that happens in between that we don't always see or we don't always know in people's lives. And there was a lot that's happened this last year. So there's been transitions to speak to your point. And to get back to you were asking about the clothes, and maybe I was a little more formal early on, that helped me. That actually helped me gain confidence when I first was becoming a chiropractor, I felt phony too. I felt like I was now this student doctor helping people out, but it didn't really feel right because this is my first time giving anyone health advice. I didn't know how to communicate it to them. And I was just learning this trade and this skill. So it did, it gave me a lot of confidence in the beginning. And then it's almost like undoctoring yourself for me in my profession after school and learning again, and you were a big part of this and how to communicate to people as people. And what you said, like people don't give a shit about chiropractic. That stung a little bit when you said that, but I'm so happy that you said that. And to this day, I still use that in chiropractic schools. That's one of the things I say when I speak at a chiropractic school now with hundreds of people is people don't give a shit about chiropractic because they care about you. So I think as I've gained more confidence though, is where the transitions happened. And as I've worked on more of who I am emotionally and really gaining that confidence. I am showing up as me and I want to attract the right people. I don't want to speak to everyone anymore because I feel worn out at the end of the day. If I have a person who I feel like I'm pulling teeth with, I'm not in dentistry. Like I want to feel good at the end of the day and I want to work with people who are in alignment with my same belief systems too. And I got to set boundaries in my life now and I got to stand up for me. So this is just more of an expression of who I am coming out. I love hearing that and the whole nobody gives a shit about insert your profession. Yep. The reason that is the case is because when I stated it, it's I don't know if it's in the book, Good to Great, but when I think about greatness, like those who stand out really don't care about their job titles or what profession they're in. At the end of the day, they're looking to serve people and solve problems for people and connect on a deeper level. And the only way you do that is if you're your authentic self. Like people can see that it's something's a little bit off. So like watching your content and seeing you travel and talk about how you love country music and like that's going to attract the client that also loves those same things and then it won't feel like pulling to you. So when we're thinking of it like this, why do you feel that this isn't only chiropractic school, but it's like school in general and profession in, in general. Why do you think they stay stuck in their ways? Like what is, what is keeping them there versus becoming kind of like what you have spread your wings to become? I think it takes time to shift culture in people and the culture within the profession that I stepped into is just an expression of years prior where it was traditionally, and I'm guessing a lot of other people can relate to what I'm about to say, but traditionally a white male dominated profession. Why is that? Because I have, I have no clue. Why would that be the case? 
I don't know. I think doctors traditionally as well in general, maybe not just chiropractors, that that was the case. I'm really not sure, to be honest with you. If anybody knows the answer to this, I expect a DM. Yeah, please. Me too. <laughs> Loop me in on it too. Yeah. Why is this the case? The mold is breaking and I think my profession has taken a shift and there's a new wave of chiropractors, the young ones really. And I, and I can't, I guess I can't say only the young ones, maybe only the more recent graduates from what I've seen, generally speaking, that tend to be a little more open-minded and artistic in their expression as human beings too, not just as chiropractors, and then also more open in general to allow the world to see more of the human side of them, like the things you just mentioned. For me, country music, sports also, I love those things. And if I hadn't been so expressive about them and intertwined them into my life, I wouldn't be working with some top country artists and getting to meet some people who I love and they're just people. But to me, that's my inner child that's really happy because those have been in my life for as long as I can remember. And so to me, that lights me up. I'm on fire then. And same with some of these football players and a lot of pro athletes, but mostly football. And that was, again, looking back as a kid, I was so into watching football and just have always been a fan of the sport. So to get to work with some of the best ones now is fun for me. And to share my art form and my expression, what I know through chiropractic and through health and to see the light bulb go off in their head and to treat them like humans too. And then to befriend some of them is, is just really fun. It's so cool to watch. And for those listening, Matt is a super humble dude. I am blessed to have friendships with people here in Austin that make major impacts and are doing very cool things for themselves, the community, and the world. And a lot of them are super humble. So I'm going to boast for you. Like, <laughs> go check out his stuff. I get fired up when I see the progress on, and the fact that like you're helping UT athletes, professional athletes pro football players, country music artists. It's just a testament to your work ethic and what you believe in. And kind of the next step on the question is most people don't understand like what goes in behind the scenes to actually do that. And they just see the front facing like, oh, like Dr. Matt has a, a cool life. He has a business. He gets to work on athletes, professional athletes, musicians. He lives this great life, right? Well, I know the opposite side of that and the amount of work that goes into it. What would you say is like the number one skill you had to pick up outside of your chiropractic? Communication. It's so hard, I think, to narrow it down to one. Another thing really comes to mind also, and Kevin Hart mentioned it in his book, likability, which is really a random thing. But if you're a likable person, people want you around and that's where usually you get the call back or you get asked to come back. But communication, because you know it shows up in every avenue in our life and who we are as, insert the blank for me, chiropractor, who we are as chiropractors, or sorry, who we are as humans always precedes who we are as a chiropractor or a job. And the more I've worked on that side of me, and that was this past year for me, has been working on that I mentioned to you is just putting something up on your camera here, mental health and your shirt today too. And I started seeing a therapist about a year ago and it totally changed my life. And again, it's like in, in my own profession, I'm 
you know, you've seen the camel in my adjusting room, the straw that broke the camel's back. We speak about it in a physical sense a lot of times as chiropractors that this pain doesn't happen overnight. It takes years to develop. We don't really notice it though until the accumulation becomes so great that it feels like it starts to crumble. In my life, mentally and emotionally, I felt so much stress build up from some of the things and the hardships in my life that I didn't even feel or notice or couldn't even pinpoint what they were that I just reached out during that snowstorm that we had. We got a little piece of stillness and I reached out to a therapist and I said, I just, I'm noticing a lot of stress in my life and I'm not sure why, but I don't like it. And because of that call, my life turned upside down and the next even year of business, a person who I was really close with and even um, friends with and did business with, I had to fire. That's the first time I've even said anything like this publicly. I really didn't share that publicly, but there were so many hard things professionally like that and also changing my relationships with my employees. I can still have a good relationship with them, but learn how to be their boss also and learn how to manage and learn how to lead, not just to be the visionary of my company. There's so much. And all while dealing with my mom is really sick and she's she was battling cancer the last three and a half years. She just passed two months ago. And God, the pain, you know, you prepare for it, but it's hard to put to words to describe the pain that you feel when that happens. And I think all of them have been gifts, really, because it opens you up and you learn from your mistakes. We were just talking out in the hall. So many of the good things we talk about happen off camera, but you said you have to live it or you have to go through it to learn it, something along those lines. And all of these hardships are seen as maybe mistakes have taught me so damn much this last year. And even taking five steps back, I feel so much better in life and in business to take a massive step forward. And I'm excited. I feel like I'm in the beginning of my career again and I'm fired up just like I was when we sat down. It feels oddly similar to when I sat down with you at Whole Foods four years ago. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Dr. Matt. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back into the conversation with Dr. Matt Delgado. I feel like you're starting a little bit of a new leaf. And then for myself, there's some things going on behind the closed 
doors that I am as well. And then even I was just mentioning before we hopped on here, like why this place looks worse than the one that you did, <laughs> the, the one that you came to. You haven't seen me since I had the last studio. A couple of uh, similar situations in terms of the business world, but there, yeah, there's nothing that can prepare you for loss of life and family. And I'm, I'm happy that you were able to seek someone out that can help you. And it's not something that a lot of people, we're not taught to do that, especially as men. We're not taught that that's okay. And, and one reason that I wear this shirt, I mean, this is probably the shirt that I wear the most outside of, I have another shirt that says real food is medicine. But I joined a men's group last year called Men We Admire. And my buddy Alex Weber started it. And it was something that I didn't even know that I needed. And I didn't know because this is like my therapy. You go into it having an expectation and you learn that like I got something completely different that was so much better. So that's where I want to ask you, when you reach out to the therapist and you have like some expectation of like getting help, what was like the surprising side of it that helped you on your journey? It was so much deeper seated than what I thought it was. And I think looking at some of the emotions that were in my life, frustration or anger, that's a symptom of a lot underneath. So for me, it was being willing and in a space in my life to go to that level and allow those things to come up to heal things that I didn't fully feel and experience years ago. And, you know, one of my favorite sayings in health, you've probably heard me say it many times, we have to feel more and able to heal more. And some of that's very painful whether it's in a physical sense or a mental or emotional sense. How can you feel anything when you're in the build mode? That's the common thing that I struggle with all the time is just like, I've read so many books on business that you should read the hard thing about hard things. I don't know if you ever read that. And then the five dysfunctions of a team that talks about like, both of those will help your management style and then also firing. Like they don't teach you that in business school. They don't give you a use case of like, I'm going to have you hire and fire people. And then, you know, my interns, one of the things that I had them do is like hire and fire people. Like, because I knew you become vulnerable and then you open yourself up to somebody and then it's just like, well, shit, like I'm the one that's in the red. And if you're not familiar with this and you're listening, like in the red is like going broke or losing a lot of money and, and the stakes on the line for you. But the person that you just befriended, like doesn't have that much risk. So I know what that feels like, and those two books could definitely help on that front. So let's run through that, because I actually haven't heard much about that. What was going through your mind? Because this applies beyond business. Yes. Like, it's like when you have to let people go, there's a book on it. Read that book, too. Uh, <laughs> that helped me. It's just like I've been in so many different startups that I've overstayed and I've overcommitted because of that exact feeling of I didn't want to let go. But as soon as I let go, there's this like weight off my shoulders and like I feel healthier. I feel more in tune with my body. I feel like I'm showing up in a better way to everybody else. And I want to motivate and inspire other people to understand that feeling so they can let go sooner. For you, what was like bubbling up inside you specifically when you're just like in my eyes looking out is like I got to shake some things up to go back to go forward type of methodology. Setting boundaries. I've been a very giving person my whole life and maybe to a fault or allowing myself to... What were you hoping to get out of being so giving? Maybe people approve of me or to like me is probably what I would say. Yeah, like approval. 
of others and um fuck that <laughs> <laughs> fuck that yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean that's a hard question again to answer you ask great questions that's one that i'm a lot of these are just again. things i ask myself like yeah but day. but i mean i love it that's, yeah. i think that's why we have great conversations in your podcast in general whoever's on it it's great because you ask meaningful questions and sometimes they're hard to answer but i'm gonna give my best and truthful answer for sure that's so all we can, can ask for keep it good yeah there's actually i've said this before in a couple talks did you know that people are pretty much just as afraid of the approval of others as they are of death well, I'd believe it for sure, right? But they say like the public speaking, right? Like I think that's the comparison I've heard. Yeah, that's what I meant. But it's but essentially, yeah, it's the same thing, right? It's like you want the people to like you, to approve of you. And that was showing up in my management style, I'd say, at work too. And that was a hard thing for me was to create a true relationship of boss employee first and then you can still have them like you you can still be friendly with them and you can still have outside events but setting again more of a boundary of how much i share even about my personal life like they know about me but now i'm not going to them per se for emotional support or because i need someone to hear me in that way i have I'd say a better sense of who my people are in my life for that and just relationships in general. So that really carried over to management and accountability too. Again, like having people be held accountable, myself included, for our actions and calling people out, myself included, when things are off or when things are wrong. And I had a hard time even then, like I'd say just speaking up, finding my voice was a real challenge for me. And that was something that was modeled growing up by my mom. That was something I think she struggled with also. And again, just not really realizing that. And I think that's one thing that came up with seeing my therapist. And as I started to find my voice and set better boundaries, my relationships actually improved at work. It seems to me, respect me more, not less. And my friendships also, when things are off and I can voice it, I feel more respected and I feel lighter. You mentioned something like this earlier, right? Like I feel like I have, I'm not carrying this weight on my shoulders now and the weight, that's up to me. Like I'm not letting a bus run me over 10 times and then I'm screaming at someone because the bus ran me over 10 times. If the bus runs me over, I would say, don't run me over. That does not feel good. Yeah, or even more so if people fail to say like, if the bus ran you over, am I at fault? So I was actually, it's funny you said that. Yesterday I was running and I almost got hit by a car. Ooh, no. Yeah. And it was my fault. But if I'd gotten hit by that car and I got knocked unconscious, whatever, it would have been that person's fault. And I thought through the story. I was like, who, who would I be? And this is how fucking weird I am. I thought <laughs> through, who would I be? Like if that happened to me and then I woke up a month later, how would I treat the person that hit me? And... I started thinking like, I want to be the type of person where everybody would have been saying that person should go to jail or they should get fined or I should, I'd be suing them or whatever. And I would wake up and be like, I want to befriend that person and figure out like why this happened in the first place. And I, I swear to God, this is what I was thinking about when I was running because like <laughs> I came around a corner yeah. and I had my headphones in and 
I just, I do this run so often and no one's ever coming like down that street. And the one time, like they had like swerve out to the right a little bit. Cause I just went into the street without like cutting all the way right and staying on the sidewalk. I just started going to the street to cross it. And I started thinking in my head, just like that. I was like, man, split second would have been hit maybe in a coma that person would be at fault. And then I started thinking of like the whole take complete ownership over my entire life. So I love how you were describing that because there's something I say to myself all the time, leaders lead. And you're a better leader if you seek emotional support from therapists than you do from your employees, because then what are your employees gonna do if they need emotional support? Probably go seek a therapist or get your recommendation on what do you do? Like if I come to Matt, say I'm employed by you and I'm like, hey, I'm struggling. Like, what do you do in this situation? Well, instead of you having to give to them even more, like you said, drain, because this is what I'll do. I'll try and be the therapist or what I used to do. Now it's like, oh, I have this recommendation. You can go here or you can go there. And that's why I love being in my early 30s because in my 20s, I feel like I had to know everything because we're trying to prove ourselves. But now I'm just like, yo, I got a connection for that, 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 that. I don't need to answer you. Yeah, <laughs> like, or, or fix everything, right? We don't have to be yeah, everyone's everything. Exactly. Also, like bringing in my own insecurities even or struggles, I guess it would be a better word, or challenges into the workspace. And just, I think when we show ourselves that, we struggle also, or that we're having challenges or that we need help or asking our team for help and really creating a collaborative effort, then it does leave room for a team instead of one person caring. And I think one of the things I'm most proud of was something that nobody except five people who were in that room saw and felt. And I haven't shared this with my team, but if they listen to this, they'll hear it, that I went into a meeting, an all-team meeting, voicing my frustrations. And instead of yelling, and I felt angry, instead of yelling at them and saying, and that didn't feel like me at all. So instead of yelling and saying, like, what the fuck? Like, this is unacceptable. I'm not happy. I decided to show up as me. I said, I'm not going to yell. That's not who I am. But I do want to tell you, I am angry. I am frustrated. And here's why. And Here's, I think, what we're doing well, but here's some things that need to change, and here's my role even in it because I'm at the center of it because I'm at the center of this business. So I will take just as much or hopefully more responsibility than anybody in this room. And then a beautiful thing happened. Everyone else voiced that they were also frustrated, which was awesome in my mind, because then the best thing happened. We came up with a plan together. Have you ever heard of playing red team, blue team? Mm -mm. So you need to start hosting these meetings. So my wife, Erin, is literally against nine out of 10 things I say. <laughs> All the time. But it's made me a better person because it's constantly challenging my narrative or my hypotheses or my assumption to sharpen it and find evidence of what the true issue is. Problem with human nature is, and you'll see this across the board in, the, in today's world, especially on social media, we can see problems, but we don't know how to fix them. So what do we do? We complain about them. The problem with businesses though, is when you attach money to things, people won't complain to the person that controls the money. They will only complain left or right. That creates toxicity. So they're frustrated all the time 
they're not stupid. They see it, but they won't go to the person who owns money because they don't want to get fired because Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if you look in public, everyone's voicing their opinion constantly, but at their job, afraid to voice their opinion. So what you do as a manager is you say once a week or once every other week or once a month or once a quarter, we're going to have a meeting where you can say anything you want. It doesn't leave the building. And what that does is it allows people to express themselves without feeling like they're going to be judged or basically persecuted for whatever it is that they say. And the best business owners do this because they realize like we are the sum of all parts. So if we have a weak link, then like it's just going to sour everything else. And the only way to get rid of that weak link is to understand, empathize, show compassion, give them the capability of stepping up. This other thing I learned in management is we have to give the room for improvement. Like patience is a huge problem, but if I don't even know what someone's working on because I never gave them the space, because I'm impatient, the space to open up and be vulnerable, how do I see their progress? Versus in their heads, the story they're telling me is like, I've been working so hard on these things and I've felt like I've improved, but my manager doesn't see it or my the owner of this company doesn't see it. So that's why those meetings, like red team, blue team, what it means is just like, if I bring an idea up, immediately someone challenged this idea. Why is that bad? Why is that frustration valid or invalid? And then you start having these really elaborate discussions. And at the end of that discussion is a solution that everybody contributed to and had the ability to either step in or not step in because really at the end of the day, we just all want to be included. Yeah, exactly. I love that too. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's something that I've had to learn (laughs) the hard way, but let's see, we got about 10 minutes left here. So I'd love to shift it into the more positive side of things. What are you looking forward to in 2022? What is it that you're working on, whether it's yourself, hobbies, passions, or the business. Feel free to take it however you want it. Yeah. The excitement that I shared earlier where I said, I feel like I'm in the beginning of my career. So what I've done now in a business sense, in a work sense is peeling back my clinical hours and to bring it full circle, right? That's the first thing I mentioned was wearing two hats. So I'm slowly taking one hat off to commit to wearing one hat so that I can go full on with that. And that right now as a business owner, I it's scary. It's really scary. And that's why I feel like I'm in the beginning of my career. I'm learning new things. I'm finding probably more challenges similar to the very beginning. And I can, again, just relate more maybe to people, again, who are freshly starting a business or going through some of the hardships. And financially, what I'm currently bringing in is a lot less than what I'm used to because I made my keep as a chiropractor. So now I'm committed to this other side, but it takes full commitment and it's scary because I'm making much less, but to, to leverage forward. So the plan is to, to open another location to start hiring on more chiropractors and grow my team to make a bigger impact, to continue the mission and the purpose that we as a team are on board with to find the right people to keep the same culture we have to make a massive impact even more so in this community so my hope is three more chiropractors this year and one more location love it my question is going to be what's going to keep you from that but before i get into that january was the least amount of money i've made since i became an entrepreneur 
And the reason I'm telling you this and I'm telling everybody this is because I had to make a similar decision going into 2022. I've been consulting for fucking years now. And I finally was like, I need to figure out how to make money when I sleep on my own. I need to figure out my brand and what it is that I want to bring to the world. And that can still be within the other businesses. Like I'm working on How Do You Health and, and the sauna and these other ventures. But if my long-term goal is to be an angel investor and buy and sell different companies and, and help CEOs scale, then I need to start doing that now. And I need to bite the bullet on whatever the, the scariness of that is. And the scariness of it is the less consulting I do for other companies, the less money I make, but I'm building on internally the infrastructure on the point that I need for scale. So for you, the coolest thing for anybody listening, like Matt's position, his success is predicated on how well can he train up other chiropractors to manage the culture and the impact that he wishes to see. So you now become more of HR rather than what you're used to, which is like, I mean, this guy, if you want to be fixed, your body, like this is the guy, right? But for him to scale that, you only have so much time in a day and so much energy, right? So it's impossible. So when, you, when you're an entrepreneur and you think about that, and that's a question I had to think about myself, it's like, I can't keep working on four companies a day. Like I have to like take a step back and be like, well, if I want to write a book, when am I going to find time to do that? And these other things that I want to do. So I empathize with that and I know how scary that is. And I just want to tell you that it's not hoping to get three, chiropractors you're going to yes get three. yes and i mean <laughs> hoping because i i realize how much i keep putting a time stamp on things so when i said this year hoping there will be three there will be a lot more than three there will be but time wise who knows i don't know i don't have a crystal ball but i'm working on it and this is the first time i've been fully committed to it because i've been talking about it you've heard me talk about this for two years which is fucked up. I've been frustrated to be talking about something for two years, but not see it but come to life. But you needed this to happen because as you scale to more locations, you need this lesson because you can only be in one location at one time. And the goal is to not even be in any of the locations, right? The goal is to be helping grow all the locations. So who's going to know that lesson at the top that you just went through? Whoever's managing there needs to know that lesson that you learned. And the only way that you could teach that lesson and be fully believable in that lesson, this is why I hated school because everyone teaching me the lessons never did the shit that they're telling me. But like you can authentically get up there and say, this is what I was going through at this time. It was like two years of frustration, but it led to, have you ever seen the meme where there's two guys with a pickaxe and they're going after a diamond and like the one turns away like literally an inch before he gets to the diamond and the one keeps going. So for you, it's just like, this river that build up frustration, it's stuck. There's a dam in front of it, but then eventually the river wears down the rock and now it's a stream that goes on infinitely. Like that's the phase of the business that you're in. And it's just like, as soon as you get those three chiropractors, you're going to have more trials and tribulations, but then it's like, oh, I can go from one to five really quickly. And then I can hire somebody else that can help me go from five to 25 really quickly. So it's exciting for me to see. And I just want to say as a friend, I that's what I wanted to say to you because those two years are invaluable to the next 20 years. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you for the kind words. And I'm grateful now, right in retrospect, I think I always am for the hardships and for having to experience firing someone who I would consider even at the time a friend and going through some 
personal struggles too and seeking help and who I am. So I have a great foundation to just go even farther and to enjoy it more, I'd say for sure. Because now my focus is in different areas. I, I just, I'm really enjoying, I think, presence with people and connection with people and the growth factor. I've always loved creating things and using my brain in creative ways. So finding the team to really do that to me. It's just like, like you mentioned earlier, solving problems and building the team. I, I love that. I think it's fun and learning new skills that are challenging. So managing is one of them. And you said playing HR and I rebuilt all my systems when things went bad. And that was a six month process, leadership training, rebuild the culture and the systems pretty much from the ground up, get more organized because we wouldn't have been able to handle a second location or more employees with where we currently were and with how we were running. So those frustrations were a good thing and we changed a lot and now we have the ability to grow. So I'm excited. And we'll end on this. When I first met you, where were you working out of? A little curtained room that didn't have much visibility. Like, I didn't know what the fuck I was walking into. It felt like I was walking in a little Chinese, like, <laughs> I say it in that way because it felt like a Chinese restaurant. Like, it did. you don't we really right know what you're like wa- walking into. No, it kind of looked like one inside, though, to be honest. It's yeah. like, <laughs> so I'm just like, this guy's operating out of here. Interesting. Compared to now, like, even through the struggles, like, I mean, you have a beautiful office, you have a great culture, people come to you every single day, great location in the top city in, in the country. So it's just like something I told my buddy a couple days ago, I was just like, if you're so focused on where you're trying to go, you forget how far you've already come. Exactly. That I had the exact same reflection this last week. And my thought was the dream at one point was this what I'm mm. living. And I have goosebumps as I'm saying that. And if the camera picks that up, because you got a high quality camera, that was the dream. And I am living it too. Like I... Like, dude, some your business is operating right now and you're sitting on a couch <laughs> talking about your story. Like, how cool is that? Exactly. Same thing for me. It's just yeah. like somebody right now is listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video of mine or reading something that I've written as I'm sitting here doing this. And like, that was the dream already. So like... I just want to remind you not to forget that. Yeah. And then there's a new one. And then there's a new one. And like you said, then there's new problems. So I think to celebrate even where we are and how far we've come. And it's incredible. It's the, I think I'm enjoying the journey. I've come back to enjoying the beauty of the ups and downs, the uncertainty and meeting new people having frustrations, but also having amazing wins. The I call them I made it moments in life. And I've had a lot of them lately, which have been really fun. That's awesome. We'll end right there. Um, before we get into our end question that I ask everybody, you mentioned that you were nervous before you came here. We're about to wrap up. How do you feel now? Better. I feel good. <laughs> Hell yeah. So we got to get you over to your, uh, what is it? 310 client. I want to make that happen and I don't want to keep you over. So at the end of every podcast, wrap up the same way. What is the best way that anybody that was listening today connected with your story and loved what you had to say and they want to reach out to you? What's the best way for them to connect with you? Still Instagram. Instagram is the one platform that I've used consistently. So it's Dr. Matt Delgado on Instagram. Awesome. And then 
I love your YouTube and what the videos that you do there. What's is that just Dr. Matt Delgado or is that LifeSpring? Yeah, LifeSpring Chiropractic on YouTube. Awesome. What does thriving mean to you? Mm, presence, community, and the little moments in life, enjoying the little moments in life. I love the simplicity of that answer because it makes me think about when I wasn't thriving. Like it's easier to like think back on your life and think about the times that were harder. And it was a lot of the times it was just like I was so up in my head and just not present in what I actually had around me and the gratitude that comes with it. So I love the simplicity of that. This day, for example, or this morning even, like I had uh, coffee with my girlfriend, my phone's in the other room. No sense of time, but just a great conversation, just really present and looking at my time like, oh, shoot, I got to go. And she said the same, oh, shoot. I got to go. But just that, the little things like that, like what a cool thing and what a great way to start the day. I love that. A lot of people, because I ask this question to everybody after we wrap up, they're just like, well, what did, what is your definition of thriving? I don't even know if I've said it on here. On yeah, tell me. In short, seeking those timeless moments. So like my tattoo on my hand where it's like the heartbeats reminding me that it's not money that we're chasing. Really, we have a finite amount of time. So how do I spend my time in seeking timeless moments and only focusing energy with people and experiences that provide that. And my career path of podcasting, that's that's what I want my career to be is because the only reason I was looking at the time is because I'm worried about you getting to your next spot. But like I lose myself in these conversations and I was like, that's what I got to triple down on. So I always end with the biggest takeaway. First off, thank you so much for spending time with me here today, Dr. Matt. I really appreciate you and anybody else in Austin, Texas that's looking to seek help. It goes beyond just your back. He helps me with my shoulder, my feet, literally anything under the sun. And he has two great other chiropractors that work alongside him. So go check them out, LifeSpring Chiropractic. My biggest takeaway here today is when you started talking about seeking out mental health and a therapist. And I think it's something that I wholeheartedly believe in and I recommend you either seek a coach or a therapist or somebody that you can talk with week over week. It's something that both myself and my wife invest in and it has a major impact. I don't talk about it as much as I should only because I'm really just living my life and doing what I can to make a positive impact. But it's something that wholeheartedly has changed my life. It sounds like it's changed Dr. Matt. So if you think you need help, please seek it, especially if you are a male. And yeah, hit us up in the DMs. We'd love to chat with you. Thank you as always. Share and send this to your friends and family that you think it could benefit. Give me that rating and review. I love y'all. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.